Welcome to the Pure Progress Lifestyle, where the only thing that matters is progress. Guys, today I'm joined by Jim Marshall. Jim is the author of Septemics, Hierarchies of Human Phenomena. I highly encourage you guys to check this book out, but first, listen to what Jim has to say. All right, welcome, Jim. Thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. You're the author Thanks, of Septemic, Septemic, Hierarchies of Human Phenomenon. So basically, from my understanding, that's everything, a collection of human psychology, all in one and to one book that you'll ever really need. Is that my, is that correct? No. First of all, it's called Septemics, mm-hmm. Hierarchies of Human Phenomena. Secondly, it's not really psychology. Psychology is has become defined as the study of behavior, mm-hmm. and more specifically, generally, the study of human behavior. This book goes way beyond that into many areas that are not broached at all in psychology. So this is an entirely new subject. I tried for years to fit this into some previous ex- previously existing niche cannot be done. This is a separate new subject. Okay. Now, what it is, I'll be happy to tell you. Oh, absolutely. So. Okay, well, first, by way of introduction, I should say that uh, in a general way for your listeners, I am the discoverer of hitherto unknown natural phenomena which greatly aid in the understanding of people, Mm. from which I constructed a revolutionary practical philosophic system called Septemics and published it in the book, Septemics Hierarchies of Human. Now, Septemics is a philosophical science based on the fact that many phenomena related to human beings occur in a sequence of seven levels. Literally, the word Septemics means of or pertaining to seven Supremacy comprises a collection of scales or sequences, each of which breaks down various human phenomena into a hierarchy of seven steps. There are 35 such scales, each of which is unique, and together they span the spectrum of human experience, by which I mean any problem, dilemma, (coughs) situation, etc., that arises in the life of a human, can successfully be analyzed by one or more of these scales. So it opens the way to success in any conceivable problem, difficulty, situation, etc. Okay, so from my understanding is you can pinpoint exactly where you are on that scale and where you need to go in order to move up and possibly there's things that could happen that if you move down on the scale? Yes. 
Okay. All right. So, oh, go ahead. What? Uh, how did you get started in all of this? Well, the story actually, I think, begins when I was accepted into engineering school at mm-hmm. the age of sixteen, uh, which I later attended on academic scholarship. Now, by the time I had my bachelor's degree. I became aware that I did not want to engineer anything physical, such as electrons or airfoils or motors or gears or whatever. I wanted to engineer the human psyche because that is where we are failing miserably in contemporary society. It's the cause of 95% of the problems in uh, the industrialized world is that people don't understand people. We're not, you know, starving to death and dying from diseases very much anymore. Right. Our problems are because the guy, you know, the guy doesn't understand his wife, doesn't understand his son, doesn't understand his mother, doesn't understand his boss, doesn't understand his next door neighbor. Now, I'm not saying that the person is aware that he doesn't understand. He might not even be aware that he doesn't understand, but he doesn't understand nevertheless. And this book completely solves that situation. So what happened was, to make a long story short, I had a long career as a human development engineer using engineering principles to bring uh, enlightenment and improvement to uh, hundreds of people, individual clients, over cumulatively many thousands of hours. Now, while this was going on, I started to notice that my clients would improve in ways that were predictable to me. I would know the outcome of the session before it happened. And this is because I observed specific phenomena that occurred in the sessions. I never told this to anyone, but I made notes. Mm -hmm. And as the decades rolled by, it became clear to me that the client would be at a specific level on a specific scale that I already knew. And that as a result of our work, he would go up to the next highest level. So that happened thousands and thousands of times. That is how I found this data. I I just wrote it down. Hmm. So by 1995, I had about 32 scales of varying lengths between three and seven. And a couple of things happened in 95. One thing that happened was I had one scale in particular that I absolutely knew by then from daily usage was correct. It was was as correct as the Pythagorean theorem in uh, understanding people. Now, I realized in 95, one day, while I was pondering a particularly difficult client, that there was a seventh level. That was obvious to me where the seventh level fitted in the scale. And when I fitted the seventh level into the scale, the scale suddenly manifested mathematically. All of this mathematical manifestation jumped out at me. And it went from being a scale, which is a line, to being a plane, which is a whole body of data. So when I saw that, I realized whatever this was, had to be natural law because anything that has mathematics embedded in it is natural law. For example, the Fibonacci sequence is another example of that same data. 
So then uh, I realized, I don't know what this is, but it's big. Then I asked myself, I wonder how many of these other scales are actually seven-level scales that hadn't been developed all the way because I wasn't developing anything. Mm -hmm. I was just helping my clients and making notes. So knowing what I was looking for, I inspected all these other scales. And all of them, in a short period of time, if they weren't already at seven levels, went to seven levels. And as each one went to seven levels, it manifested mathematically. So in a short period of time, I had about 32 scales that were all seven levels and all had mathematics embedded in them. So then I said to myself, wait a minute. If I were to take this information and put it in a book and publish it, I could go from helping people by the hundreds, which is what I had been doing Mm. as human development engineer, to helping them by the millions by getting them to just use this book. So I said, okay, I have to write a book. So the first version of the book was completed in December of 95. And it was in a transcript form. And I sent it to colleagues of mine, all of whom had graduate degrees in a variety of subjects. Mm -hmm. And the responses that I got from them were, each one had a different response, but the responses were extremely positive. So this told me this is exactly what I think it is. It's a new subject. It's a whole new way of analyzing human phenomena across 35 axes. So uh, I then started working on the book in earnest. I spent the next 25 years of my life working on this book. You have to realize, first I had to discover the phenomena, which was largely done by 95, although I did find three more skills as as I was writing the book. Mm. Then I had to use this phenomena to craft a a workable philosophic system. Now you have to understand as an engineer, I'm only interested in facts and results. In engineering, that's what matters. Opinions and beliefs are irrelevant to engineering. So uh, it took me 20 years to construct a workable, coherent philosophic system from this data. Mm -hmm. But the most time-consuming aspect of this was expressing it in a way that would make sense to the average reader. Because from the beginning, my intent was to present this data in a way that the the average person would be able to understand it. He could just buy a book and utilizing only the book change his life. So that, that took a lot of work. For example, there is a glossary, not only in front of every chapter, but even in front of the introduction. So I'm defining the terms. So for example, there are these 35 scales. Each scale has a name, and each name has a synonym. So I'm giving you depth of meaning by giving you a second understanding of it. And then each scale has these seven levels, each of which has a name, and each name has a synonym. So again, there's depth of understanding there. Plus, that 
combined with all of the glossaries, is very easy to access the NIST information. Now, this, despite the fact that this is natural phenomena, which has mathematics embedded in it, reading this is nothing like reading math. Actually, reading this is very much like putting on glasses and looking in a clear mirror. You see yourself better. People get this. And the reason they get it is it's natural phenomena. It's like the Pythagorean theorem. Any normal person can understand the Pythagorean theorem pretty easily. Okay? Uh, most people learn it in grade school. It's natural. It existed before Earth existed, and it will still exist after Earth no longer exists. The fact that Pythagoras set it down and handed it down to us it is good news because we all benefited from his observation. And that is what these scales are like. They're natural law. There's no opinion in here. I don't think anybody's interested in my opinions, and I keep them to myself. So when so you say natural you have to law, realize, okay, you, so like gravity, that natural universal laws, just, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, for example, a good example is the Fibonacci sequence because actual living creatures construct their bodies according to Fibonacci numbers. Now, none of these creatures know anything about numbers, let alone Fibonacci numbers. Yet, if you study the shell or the flower or the pine cone, it's constructed by Fibonacci numbers. It has one number going the other way and another number going this way. So, clearly, there's something there that Fibonacci figured out. He figured out what the pattern is, and that pattern goes to infinity, okay? Anybody in the math world knows how to, how to find these numbers. They're unique numbers. And actual living creatures are constructed according to this. And not only living creatures, there's all, all kinds of phenomena in nature that uh, manifest according to these numbers. That is how these scales are. Mm -hmm. It's natural law. And because it's natural law, people get it. So generally, when people look at these scales, they say, oh, yeah, I see. This makes sense. That's the general response that I get. So anybody who can read English reasonably well and wants to improve himself or others should get this book because it works. That's what it's for. Now, you have to realize that uh, before I started writing the book, I had been, as I mentioned earlier, accruing this information. So I've been working with this information one way or another almost my entire adult life. Uh, even before I realized this was a subject that deserved a book. So I've seen the results. I've seen uh, how successful this for me to use this. Uh, my understanding of it, use it to understand myself and to understand others. So I can give you all kinds of examples of how to use this. It's very user-friendly. Basically, what I did is I constructed these scales in such a way as to make them wrap around the reader. So using this is like buying a suit. You go into a store, it has 10,000 suits, different mm -hmm. colors, different fabrics, different styles, different sizes, right? And from among those, you find one that you like and you lay down your money and you walk out of the store with a suit. That is what this is like. So you have a situation, 
and you find a scale that's relevant to it. And then you find your level on that scale. Or in some cases, you can find another person's level. Now, once you find the person's level, you can then improve the person by moving him up one level. So let me explain concisely why this is beneficial. Hmm. Each of these 35 scales provides the user with an infallible way of determining the salutariness or beneficialness of any group, individual, or activity. If the group, individual, or activity moves persons up these groups, it's beneficial or positive. If it moves them down, it's detrimental or negative. So you see, you have a standard to use to assess any person or group. Next, just finding out what level you are at or another person is at on any scale is by itself enlightening and beneficial. Every time you find a level, you have a realization. You say, oh, now I understand my mother. She's at this level. And she's just like it says here. You see? Almost so, like the questions so, that you had. You're like, oh, okay. So that right. so you were seeing something and you did not have a grip right. on it. Mm-hmm. And now you can define it. Okay, she's at level five on the scale of conflict or whatever. You see? And your relationship with her just improved because you understand her better. Mm-hmm. And uh, a rapport, any type of a rapport, is based on understanding. The more you understand, the easier it is to deal with the person. Now, in some cases, you may say, having discovered this, I don't want to deal with this person. Like, for example, Adolf Hitler was at level seven on the scale of basic purposes. His basic purpose was, was destruction. So you want to get away from him as quickly as possible, as many people did. Mm-hmm. They fled Germany. Okay? So I use this all the time. I meet people both in three dimensions and online. I spot the person as being a downscale person, meaning he is at or near the bottom of the scale. And I say, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm not rude. I don't tell him anything. I just say, have a nice day. Goodbye. Okay? And I move on. So just on that alone, this book, I guarantee you, can save you from catastrophes, dilemmas, bankruptcies, divorces, indictments, fistfights, and every other bad thing that happens with people, between people. This can prevent because it tells you ahead of time whom you are dealing with. Now, let me ask you a question. This is, uh, will this also be very beneficial to uh, online scams? Because, I mean, that's, that's huge now. No. No? Definitely not. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. But let me finish my previous thought. So I said how you can find a level. And when you find that level, you will mm-hmm. have an epiphany. Okay. Then once you know the actual level of any person on any scale, you can improve that person by moving them up to the next highest level. Okay. Now, this is extremely beneficial because this solves the gradient problem. You see, people have problems and they can't solve them because they don't know the gradient. How many people in the world now, especially in the United States, are overweight? They can't fix it. They don't know what to do. 
Okay? So I've worked as a physical trainer with people. Okay? Mm -hmm. If a guy comes to me, he's 100 pounds of weight, says, Jim, can you train me? I say, sure. I'm not going to just give him 100 pounds and say, we'll work with this. Or I'm not going to tell him to go out and run five miles a day. That's bad training. That's Mm -hmm. not how you do it. Okay? First, I would say to him, do you think you could walk a mile every morning? Okay? And he probably would say, yeah, I think I can do that. I say, okay. So I want you to walk a mile every morning, and then we'll talk again in a week. Right? So mm-hmm. then a week later, I would say to him, how'd you do? Right? Now, if he says to me, this is tough, I'd say, okay, that's fine. Just keep doing it. See? Mm-hmm. But if he said, this has gotten easy. I, I could do more. I'd say, great, let's try two miles. See? That's gradients. That's how you help somebody. Add a career of helping people by finding the right gradient, figuring out where exactly is this person? What's going on here? You see? Mm-hmm. And these scales facilitate that tremendously. And I'll give you some examples in a minute. So just to finish what I was saying, um, you can never skip a level. And this is a valuable datum. Mm-hmm. Think about this. If you're on the first floor and you want to go to the fifth floor, one mm-hmm. way or another, you have to go through the second, the third, or the fourth, whether you take the stair, the stairs, the escalator, the elevator, or go outside the building and use a rope ladder. You have to go through those levels, okay? You can never skip a level. Now, sometimes it may seem you skipped a level because you went through quickly or easily or just weren't paying attention. But this is beneficial because it tells you your target, Once you find your level, your target is the next one up. Always, 100% of the time, your target is the next one up. Now, let's say you determine you're at level four. You will not be able to get to levels one or two. They're too steep a gradient. It's like the the guy who's overweight and you give him 100 pounds to work out with. It's the wrong way to do it. Right. Uh, you, You move to level three, and you will be able to do that. Now, how long it takes, how easy it is, what you have to go through. Obviously, everybody's unique. Every situation is unique. That's a variable. But that is the stable datum. If you are at a level, you can get to the next level. Now, there are a couple of scales from amongst the 35 that are general scales that it's not easy to change level. And I'll give you an example. The scale of basic purposes. Most people have, well, first of all, let me tell you this. Every human being has one of seven basic objectives. Mm -hmm. All the others are subsets of these seven. Now, most people spend their entire life at one level of this scale. So once you find your level... hmm? Without ever realizing it, they just go through the whole life without without even knowing anything about it. Right. That's right. That's right. It's just like, look, uh, let's go back to the days of Moses, right? People mm-hmm. did not know that the earth revolved around the sun, mm-hmm. but it was doing it. It was doing it as much then as it is now. It's just that now we know, okay? And that, the heliocentric theory, opens the way to mm-hmm. astronomy. I got you. I see where you're going. Okay. Right? Yes. Okay. okay. And astrophysics. Okay, so um, you have to realize that uh, 
when you have this ability to move up, you are advancing yourself on that axis. So here's what you have to understand about this. Number one, the common denominator of all of these scales is insight. A person who is high on a scale is high in that scale because he has insight in that area. Mm. And a person who is at or near the bottom of the scale is low on the scale because he lacks insight in that area. So there are very few people, I'm talking about probably less than 1%, who are at or near the top of all the scales. There's a larger amount, maybe 3%, who are at or near the bottom of all the scales. Most of us, the other 96% or whatever, are high on some scales and low on other scales. That's what you generally find. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a famous example. Uh, Bill Clinton, right? Mm -hmm. Very smart man. He was a Rhodes Scholar. Even his enemies admit that he was a shrewd politician. He was a smart man. And he did pretty well. Okay? He was able to figure out what was going on and get reelected, you know. And if you listen to him speak, he's a remarkably intelligent person. If I wanted to talk to somebody about politics, he would be on my short list. He really knows his stuff. You know, he referred to Obama as an amateur. Compared to Clinton, Obama is an amateur. Uh, so he obviously is high on the scale of human ability. Okay, I'm not going to give a level. Just saying, he's clearly high on that scale. Now, are you familiar with the way he treats women? He's notorious. Yeah. He's notorious. Many women sued him. Many women said that he raped them in public, on video. Okay? So this is not a secret. Okay? I'm not saying anything that isn't in the public domain. Mm. So... I already told you I would love to speak to him about politics because he's so smart. You can even talk to him about the opposing party. He has good insights about Republicans, mm-hmm. okay? which is why he's the last president ever to sign a balanced budget. He signed four balanced budgets. Now, you could say, well, the Republicans forced him. No, he could have vetoed it, but he was smart enough to give the American people what they wanted. You see? So this made him popular. But if I had a sister or a daughter, I would never tell them to go out with this guy. You see? So that's a perfect example. High on one scale, low on another. And that's how most of us are. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to emphasize, never tell anyone the level of any living person on any scale. It's counterproductive. And it's unethical. It's so easy to use this yourself that there's no point in not doing that. So let me give you an example. Let's say you have a buddy who's having a romance problem, right? Common problem. You say, Joe, come over here. Let me show you something. Mm -hmm. And you you open up to the scale of relationships. You say, look at this. He looks at it and he's probably going to say, you mean there's a scale of relationships? And you say, yeah. This relationship that's giving you all this trouble, where is it on this scale? 
and he's going to be interested, right? Now, what's going to happen is, in a matter of seconds, he will find a bracket, probably. He'll probably say, well, it's definitely not one, two, or three, because we're having a lot of trouble. See, he just threw out three levels. That's progress. And say, or say, okay, look, let's have you read this text. He's going to want to read this text because he has a problem. You're showing him something new, and this could help him. See? Mm-hmm. So he reads the chapter. And you might want to help him with that the way a tutor would help a student. So now, after he reads it, you say, okay, now look at it. You don't have to tell me, but you figure out for yourself. What level is this relationship at? And if your buddies, which I already suggested you are with this hypothetical person, they'll probably say, well, now that I've read this, I can see we're at level five. And then he will have a realization. It might be something like, no wonder we're having trouble. We're at level five. That's mm. near the bottom. You see? Yeah. Now, the fact that it's a low level is not going to make him unhappy because it's the truth. You just enlightened this person. He has more understanding of what's going on in his life. So the result, the, the, the emotional response of the person is always positive, regardless of whether it's a high level or a low level. Because he says, ah, I see. Mm-hmm. So you can then say to him, okay, look, Let's look at the scale of sexuality. Oh, you mean there's a scale of sexuality? Yeah, and you turn to it, and you say, now, you don't have to tell me, but where are you on this scale? See, and he's going to want to know this, because you're, you're opening doors for him. He's going to look at this, and he's probably going to say, in a matter of seconds, well, I'm either at three or four. You see, it's a bracket. He just threw out five levels. So then you say, okay, let's have you read the chapter and see if you can get this exactly. So he reads the chapter and he comes back and he's probably going to say, if he wants to tell you, he might say, I can see I'm at level four. This explains everything. This is my whole relationship situation, level four. You see, that's what he's manifesting. So then you can say, well, look, let's move you up to level three and then you will do better in this area. Mm. See? Mm-hmm. And you can help him move up to level three. And he will be able to do that. Now, you can also say to him, now what about Mary Lou, who you're having all this trouble with? Where is she on the scale? Now, I already know, if two people are not compatible on this scale, they cannot have a successful romantic relationship. Cannot be done. I'm not saying they have to be at the same level, but they have to be at the compatible level. And if you study the scale, it's patently obvious that some of these levels are not compatible. So mm. he could find where she is. He might find that she's at a totally incompatible level. And they'll say, no wonder this is going on. She's pretty and she's smart, but she's at a different level. You see? Mm-hmm. Then you could send him off to try to move her up to a higher level. And she'll probably like that. Or he might just say, you know, she's at such a low level. I'm not going to bother with this and just end the relationship. But either way, he's going to be happy. Because he understands better now. You improved his life. 
So let me give you another example. Let's say a guy's thinking about marrying a girl, right? They're talking about getting married. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be smart for him to know her motivation? Why does she want to marry him? Mm-hmm. The seven basic motivations comprise this scale. All the other ones are subsets of these. So he knows her. He spent time with her. He can observe her, listen to what she says, and he can spot her on the scale. Now, maybe he finds that she's at level one, which is, I call it charity. Comes from the Latin word caritas, which means love in a like brotherly love. So maybe that's why she wants to marry him, because she loves him. Well, that's the highest possible motivation. That's good news for him. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe he figures out that she wants to marry him because he drives a Maserati. He has his own yacht. He flies his own Learjet. And he lives in a $5 million condo. See, that's a different motivation. So if he finds out that, he might say, I'm not marrying this girl. She's a gold digger. And he will be happy with that because you saved him a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Now, let me point this out. There are lots of elderly, out-of-shape, ugly guys who have a million dollars in the bank who marry 25-year-old girls. He gives the girl a pearl necklace, a diamond ring, a mink coat, a Corvette, and a credit card. She's happy. Right. He's happy because he has a 25-year-old wife. He knows she's a gold and he doesn't care. You see? Now, so is that a compatibility him, on there? That might work. Is that a compatibility well, on there? We're talking about motivation. We're talking about the scale of motivation. Okay, see, so interchangeable here. Who's rich? Right. It's a different axis. Gotcha. He might he okay. might find that motivation to be an acceptable motivation. Oh. So for example, one motivation on the scale is money. There are many mm. people who are money motivated. Mm. Now Let's say you're running an auto dealership, right? And you're hiring a salesman. And you see that this guy's money motivated. That's fine. That's what you want. You want him to come in there and sell as many cars as possible and get his commissions. See? Mm -hmm. But if you're going out with somebody on a date, you might not want them to be money motivated. Or if you have a friend, you know, who's always about money, always about, that's what you might not want to hang around with that person. So it's up to you, obviously. So you use the scale that's appropriate. So let's continue with the hypothetical friend Joe, who we made up, right? So then you could say, let's have you look at the scale of allegiance. Now, anytime a relationship deteriorates, it's always because allegiance has deteriorated. So he looks at this and you say, you don't have to tell me. But where are you on this scale? And he will look at it and he will find the bracket. He'll say, well, it's definitely not one or two. So he's just threw two out. It's okay. So let's have you read the chapter. So he studies the chapter. You can help him with that. And then he looks again and you say, regarding this relationship you have with Mary Lou, where are you on the scale? And he might say, well, I can see now that I'm at level four. That's pretty far down. No wonder our relationship has suffered. You see? Mm-hmm. And then you could say, what about Mary Lou? Where is she on this scale? You see? 
So every time he finds a level, whether it's his or another's, he has an epiphany. So he's getting smarter. So what's happening is he's getting more insightful. Mm-hmm. So the more you use this book, the more insightful you become, which makes it you makes you better able to use the book. And as you use the book more, you become more insightful, which makes you better able to use the book. So, so there is a virtuous cycle here where as you use this, you get smarter and smarter. And I say smart just in the general sense, understanding what's going on around you, having insight. Right. Okay? This just so, makes it so much easier so, for you to navigate everything that's ever going to come right. in front of you. Right. Right. Whatever it is. Okay. So I think I'll help your listeners if I read to you the names of the scales, because then you'll see the subject matter that's covered in this book. Mm. Okay. Yep. These are the individual scales, meaning they fit individuals. The scale of basic purposes, the scale of personal influence, the scale of choice, the scale of permeation, the scale of thought, the scale of identity, the scale of evaluation, the scale of motivation the scale of control, the scale of stopping, the scale of scholarship, the scale of literacy, the scale of human ability, the scale of memory, the scale of spiritual identity, the scale of mental deletion, the scale of aberration, the scale of physical fitness, the scale of justification, the scale of belief, the scale of equanimity, the scale of attack, the scale of conflict, and the scale of reaction. And these are the group scales, the scale of relationships, the scale of life spheres, the scale of government, the scale of civilization, the scale of survival, the scale of management, the scale of exchange, the scale of communication, the scale of allegiance, the scale of sexuality, and the scale of politics. Now, because each of these scales is unique, Mm -hmm. between them, they span the spectrum of human experience. So any dilemma or problem or difficulty you have will submit to analysis by this book. You just have to find the right scale. Now, it might take you a while to find the right scale. So you might not hit the nail right on the head the first time. Mm -hmm. But you have 34 more options. Right. See? So you find the right one. Then you find what level you're at or the other person is at. And then once you find the level, you can move up to the next higher level. Or you can help the other person move up to the next highest level. So let's look at a, a, a situation that is common. Right? Most people have children, and most children have trouble in school. There is a scale of scholarship. So you say, <clears throat> father sees that the son is having trouble in school. Mm. He says, Junior, come over here. Let me show you something. Look at this scale. He says, there's a scale of scholarship? Yes. Where are you on it? He's going to want to know. Because he's a scholar. Mm. So he'll find the bracket. (coughs) Meaning he'll say, well, it's definitely not one, two, or three, because I'm having trouble. See? He threw out three. So then you can say, (coughs) There's seven seven scales? Seven levels. Okay, seven levels. Yeah. So then you can say to him, okay, look, go ahead and read the text so you can spot this. So he's going to want to do that because this is relevant to him. See, he reads it, and then you say, okay, now tell me. See, in fact, you can say to him, you don't have to tell me, but you figure out where are you on this scale. 
And he'll probably say to the dad, because the dad is helping him, well, now that you mention it, I'm probably at level five. That's not so good. That explains X, Y, and Z. See, he has a realization. Mm -hmm. Then you say, okay, let's move you from five up to four. And you can help him. Now, what are these seven? he 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 will be able to do that. Okay. What are these seven levels of, you said there's, He's on a level five. He goes to level four. So right. what, and there's seven. So obviously one's being the top, top of the top. Is there names for these seven, seven levels? Well, yeah. Yeah. Every scale has a name mm. and the name has a synonym to give you depth of understanding. And every, each one of the levels has a name and that name has a synonym. So it's not hard to grasp this. Mm especially since the book is full of glossaries. So I'm defining my terms. So I can tell you, uh, having been observing this used by people for 27 and a half years now, that this is a life-changing book because it covers everything. It covers all situations and it applies to everyone. It doesn't matter your age, your gender, your socioeconomic status, your ethnic group, none of those things matter. It applies to all human beings in all situations. And I know that because I've been watching it work for 27 and a half years. People get this. Now, let me tell you something that will help you to understand this. Some people have said to me, what book is your book like? And I have to tell them, in all candor, having gone to school for 28 years, there's probably never been a book like this before. But There are these 35 scales, and each one is expressed in what you might call a table or a spreadsheet, Mm -hmm. which lays out the whole thing in one place. And each of those 35 scales is comparable to the periodic table of elements. Okay. Now, the periodic table of elements is in use by scientists all over the world in whatever language they're using, right? Mm -hmm. It's in every science book. It's on every science wall, okay? Because before Dmitry Mendeleev discovered the periodic table, or it might be better to say constructed the periodic table, there was chemistry. But he revolutionized it by making it easier to understand, easier to teach, and easier to learn. So anybody who studies chemistry, the periodic table is like the heart and soul. All of the elements are right there in the proper place, you know, horizontally, and then you can you can know so much. You can construe so much about matter just by looking at this table. So each one of these scales is like a periodic table for the 35 areas that I just articulated. So when a person looks at this table, he says, Ah, oh, yeah, I see. He gets it. Because this is not obscure. And the reason it's not obscure is it's natural law. In all the years I've been working on this, nobody has ever said to me who who has read the book, I don't get it. This doesn't make sense or anything like that. Usually what they say is, wow. Hmm. So... uh, All of these advantages represent a major step forward for society. 
each of these scales is an axis against which to evaluate human behavior. You combine the empower one to understand and consequently predict and consequently manage human affairs to a degree hitherto unattainable by most. What, what do you mean unattainable to most? Like who? who? Be, without this information, most, most people could never manage human affairs as well as they could with this book. This opens a door for you. It opens 35 doors. Now you have to realize that there are general scales and specific scales. A specific scale is one that makes sense in a specific context. For example, before I talked about the scale of motivation, right? The guy, he's trying to figure out what motivation does this woman have for wanting to marry me, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good thing to know. Right. But it doesn't end there. He could say, well, what motivation does my mother have toward me? What motivation does my brother-in-law have toward me? What motivation does my boss have toward me? Et cetera, et cetera. And what is my motivation toward my father? What is my motivation toward my pastor, you see? And every time you find one of these, you have an epiphany. Mm. A light bulb goes on over your head. And you say, oh, okay, that's what's going on here. And then it opens the door for you to move it up. So let's say you find that your motivation toward your father is not a good one. Like one motivation is revenge. Okay? Okay? That's a low level. It's not the lowest, but it's low. Time I say, well, gee, that's not good. I don't want to have revenge for him. I'm going to move up to the next level. And he's just improved his relationship with his father. He didn't spend any money. He didn't have to go for facilitation. He didn't have to go for therapy. He didn't have to join a church. He, all he did was use the book. And that's how I designed this. Now, once you have the book, you don't need any of those other things. I'm not saying those other things are not good things. Of course they're good things. You know, if you have a diagnosable mental illness, you should get professional help. But most people uh, who want to improve themselves will be able to do it using this book alone. The only other thing you might need is a dictionary. But I would say that about every book on earth. Right. I've done a lot of tutoring and I would never tutor anybody on anything without having a dictionary. But the good news is everybody's got a dictionary now because it's in your phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's simple. Just look it right up. Right. right. So this, this whole philosophic system is constructed of words. So you have to know the meaning of the words. You have to be mm -hmm. able to distinguish. What does this mean? You know? Mm -hmm. Which is why I put synonyms in there. Which is why I put glossaries in there. So it's easy for people to get this. Now, needless to say, the, the more literate you are, there's a scale of literacy, the more literate you are, the easier you're going to do with this book, which is true of every book in the world. Right. I mean, whether you're studying chemistry or physics or math, it's written in English. So the more literate you are, that helps. That facilitates learning anything. Right. I mean, let's say you want you wanted to learn how to, to build a fireplace in your house, right? Mm-hmm. You would go to a website. It would be full of words. You need to know the words. So if you, if you know English reasonably well and you study this material and you want to improve yourself, 
or others, you can. This It will work. It works on everyone. Now, there are people for whom this is not relevant. And I'll tell you who I mean. Psychopaths, sociopaths, professional criminals, war criminals, terrorists. Now, this book will be will be able to tell you who's who, from my understanding. Like, you'll be able to... Yes. Not a criminal, even if they're not in jail. Just to say this information didn't exist. I hadn't written the book yet. So I made the same stupid mistakes that everybody else makes. Now, that does not happen, cannot happen, will not happen, because I'm forewarned. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for me to meet a person and spot him on these scales. It's not about judgment. It's about understanding. And you like, can do that, like, really quick now, like, within the first... Like just like that. Like, for example, I could be standing in line at the bank, mm-hmm. right? Two people behind, behind me are talking. I can spot one or both of those guys on the scale of literacy just by listening to them talk for five minutes. This is relevant. You know, I've had clients that came to me from Europe whose first language was not English. I had to adjust the way I dealt with them, right? It's a different level of literacy. If I'm talking to Jordan Peterson, I can just say whatever I want because he's going to understand it. Right. But if I'm talking to the guy who cleans my house, I can't use words like quotidian, antediluvian, uh, and so forth. He's not going to say what? Yeah, right. Or if it, if it doesn't say what, he just won't say anything, and I won't even know that it is a note. So right. I've learned, you know, it's so that's helpful to you. You see? Yep. You, you spot a person. And this is true across 35 axes. So you have to realize on a specific scale, you can use that scale an unlimited number of times, an unlimited number of ways. So if you take these vignettes that I've given you and blow it up a billion times in every direction, you get what this book is about. So let me say something concise. Mm -hmm. The data in this book are vital for every human being and can help you to achieve your goals faster and easier by explaining what might otherwise seem to be inexplicable or random. Okay. So if someone were to invite you to a rendezvous, you would certainly expect them to tell you the time, the place, the date, and perhaps how to get there, right? Mm -hmm. Needless to say, it's very difficult to get somewhere if you don't know where you are, don't know where you're going, and don't know how to get there. Now, this sounds idiotic, but most people do this regularly in their lives. They don't know where they are, they don't know where they're going, and they don't know how to get there. Now, many, many people do this continuously. A lot of dopey people, they just wander around. They never get anywhere. They go in circles, you know. Uh, And this book completely resolves that because it gets you to see across 35 axes and in thousands and thousands of specific contexts where you are. And then you know where you want to go because it's the next level up. So it just sounds like a no-brainer if you're a parent, you know, family, friend, <laughs> businessman, anyone wanting to make more money, you got to get this book. Right. 
And that was my mission because I've had a lifetime of helping people. I've been helping people since I was a small boy. And as I said, I realized I could go from helping people by the hundreds to helping people by the millions. You know, in, uh, in the later years of my practice as human development engineer, I started thinking about, you know, I was having tremendous success. People came to me. I helped them. I changed their lives. You know, I had a very positive reputation. But I thought, see, how many people can I help like this? Maybe a thousand, mm-hmm. you know? And that was sort of a, sort of a dark thought. I can only help maybe a thousand people because it's one-on-one. But then I realized, wait a minute. This data that had, that just fell out in front of me that I have put into a book can help millions of people. So that's what's exciting about this. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of money. You don't need a college degree. You don't need to join anything or go anywhere. It's available in hardbound, softbound, and ebook. The ebook is very inexpensive. Right. E-books Without a doubt. Cheap. I yeah. just bought, bought mine earlier today for like nine ninety nine e Kindle. Very, yeah. very simple. Right. And you you know, you can have it on your on your phone, you can take it around with you wherever you go, you know? So mm-hmm. let's say you, you go to a bar, right? And you meet some girl and you're trying to figure out where she is on a certain scale, you know, you're pondering this. Take it, open it up, look at the choices. Oh, yeah, she's here. See? And that gives you understanding to her. Now, I'll tell you something. I realized when I was about 15 mm-hmm. that I could establish a rapport with a complete stranger in about 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, and needless to say, this this was very helpful to me. Right. Okay. Because, uh, like like most teenage guys, I was interested in teenage girls. Yeah. So, you know, I can meet somebody at a party, talk to them. We had a rapport. Great. Let's get together. You know. Mm-hmm. So this book opens the way to rapport because you understand the person, you understand what they're doing, and this is of course thirty five axes. So if one doesn't apply, another will apply. So this really helps you to understand people. So let's say a guy's going out with a girl and something is not right. He can't quite spy. Well, I don't know. I like her. She's pretty. But you take out the book and start evaluating her on these scales. You see? And at some point you may say, wait a minute. She's way near the bottom on the scale of permeation. Most people don't even know what permeation is. Permeation is the basic action of a spiritual being. When two people are in love, it's because they are permeating one another. Mm-hmm. This is really important in assessing a human person. Uh, so you can get, there are people, I've known people like this, who very smart, have a graduate degree, make a lot of money. They're just not good at permeating. Mm. And so you've nailed it. You see, you understand what's going on with this person. So you might say, yeah, do I really want to spend a lot of time with a person who can't permeate? You might decide, no, nah, let it go. And this book you help you? You might find another girl who had never been to college, but she permeates really well. So she comes across to you, you know? 
Mm -hmm. It clicks. Now, can this book help you permeate better? Absolutely. Because, because, as I said, once you know the correct level, and I emphasize correct, you spot your level or you spot the other person's level. You must get it correct. You know that the target is the next level up, whatever is given. And you will be able to get there in 99% of cases. Now, the reason I say 99% of cases is there are a few scales which are general scales which are not easy to move on. For example, the scale of basic purposes. Most people spend an entire lifetime at one level of that scale. They never change. This is valuable because once you spot somebody on this scale, you've got them nailed. You know what they're all about. That's not going to change. You see, you always know how to deal with this person, what to say, what not to say, what to expect, what not Mm. to expect. Because you know the person's basic purpose. It's Mm -hmm. what he's trying to do. Whether he's successful or not, that's what he's trying to do. And it explains so much. And I'll give you an example. Uh, Most people in America know about the conflict between Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson, two founding fathers. These were both brilliant men. They They both made enormous contributions to the founding of the United States, okay? But they did not get along at all. Um, it wasn't so much that Hamilton hated Jefferson, but Jefferson despised Hamilton. He didn't want him around. He ridiculed him. Well, as it turns out, I studied these men very carefully. I read multiple biographies on them. Hamilton is at level two on the scale of basic purposes. He's what I call a leader. The goal of a leader is conquest. Perfectly explains this guy's behavior. Jefferson was at level three, which is winner. The goal of a winner is wealth. See, that's a completely different thing. If you study Jefferson, he was accruing wealth one way or another. See, Uh, Hamilton left what's today called Columbia University, mm-hmm. to join the military to fight in the revolution and was a colonel by the time he was 22. So we're talking about a brilliant person. He was so brilliant that Washington kept him by his elbow through the entire Revolutionary War. He would not let him go away. Hamilton kept saying, give me a command, let me fight. And Washington said, no. I need you right here next to me, telling me what to do, okay? He was brilliant, but Jefferson could not stand him. So eventually, it wasn't Hamilton who left the cabinet first. It was Jefferson who left Washington's cabinet. See, because the winner is feathering his nest. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's just what they're like. Right. Okay, whereas... The leader, the leader will risk his life and give his life. Hamilton eventually gave his life to a political opponent, as did Lincoln, who was also a leader. That's now, what happens to leaders. Go from the previous up? Sure. Whatever level you're at, you can always go up one level, unless you're at level one. And that rarely applies to anybody. And that's a saint, correct? 
Well, on that scale, yes. Yeah. On the scale of human ability, for example, the highest level is called genius. Einstein was a genius. Mm-hmm. He was a level one in his profession. Okay, He was a genius. Now, in the rest of his life, he definitely was not at that type of level. He was like a normal person. He was at lower levels on most of the other scales. And you find that all the time, where a person is high on certain levels. Low. So there are guys, you know, who have like a guy with a doctorate, and he uh, has $5 million in the bank, you know, and he owns his own company. Can't get anywhere with women. So, see, he's high in the scale of human ability, but he's low on the scale of sexuality. Or there could be other other scales too. He could be low on the scale of permeation. Mm. So, and if he were to get this, he's probably a smart guy because he's high in that scale, see? Mm. He has a graduate degree, so he'll look at this and say, yeah, I can see. I never even heard of permeation. I can see that I'm not permeating people. And he will move up to the next level pretty easily, and then he's going to do better. Right. And once he stabilizes at that level, he can move up another level. Mm-hmm. Well, I see what you're saying. So, you said this is, once you get this book, there's not really a need to get any other book because there's nothing really like it. Because it just makes you, it sounds like it just makes you such a well-rounded human being in like so many areas. That's, it's going to be pretty rare to. I didn't say, I didn't say not to get another book. There's billions of wonderful books, okay? Uh, Nobody loves books more than I. But what I'm saying is, in order for you to use this book, you don't need anything else. That is the point. It's self-contained. Gotcha. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like you have to join a church, you have to join a religion, you have to go to school, you have to get therapy. You don't have to do any of that. Those are fine things. And if you want to do those things, that's perfectly okay. I have no problem with that. But the point about the book is that if you get this book, you can use it without anything else, except maybe a dictionary. Mm-hmm. But even then, since it has glossaries all through it, it's, it's not. So I went out of my way to make this accessible to the average person because that's important to me. I've had a lifetime of helping people, and I'm hoping that this will this book will help people for hundreds of years to come, and it'll spread by grassroots. Because I can tell you, I already know anybody who masters this book will necessarily have an impact on society, because he's not going to keep it to himself. He's going to want to use it to help his son, to help his father, to help his mother, to help his brother-in-law, to help his friend. Help his workers, you see? Mm-hmm. Or he could say to his boss, you know, boss, I see you're having trouble with this account. Let me suggest something. Look at this scale. See, there's a scale of management. And you can see that he's mismanaging it. I'm not saying to tell him that. Just say, look at this. You're going to say, oh, you mean there's a scale of management? He's already interested. And you could get him to use this and do, resolve that situation and you might wind up getting promoted because of that. Mm. 
Because when you use people, and believe me, I've had a lifetime of, of watching this. When you can get people to help themselves, to improve themselves, you have made a friend. Believe me, if you help somebody with this, let's say you have some guys having trouble with this business. There's a lot of stuff in here that's very relevant to business. You give them the book, you show him, look at this. He studies it, his business gets better. He's your buddy. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So, everybody's looking for so help. It's, well, not everybody, right, it's, everybody. But well, the, truth is, the truth is every, everybody is looking for help. Are Some they? people don't realize it. <laughs> but, but yes, everybody's looking for help one way or another. But as I said, uh, people who are very downscale, if you study all of these skills, you see at the bottom of these skills, it's ugly. And that's where you find the dregs of society across 35 axes. Whether you look at the bottom of the scale of conflict, the bottom of the scale of attack, the bottom of the scale of equanimity, these are people who you don't want to be around. These are people who have big troubles. And the book explains it in detail. It's not hard to get a grip on this. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's something that uh, is really easy to use if you want to improve yourself. I don't know if you know this, but it's an established fact for many years now in the mental health profession that psychopaths and sociopaths do not improve in therapy. It doesn't matter how good the therapist is because the lights are on, but nobody's home. They are downscale people. You think if a person's purpose is to destroy, as was the case with Hitler and Paul Pot, that he's going to want to improve himself? No, he's not. You think he's going to want to help others? People at the bottom of these scales, number one, they would never read this book. Number two, even if they did read it, they wouldn't understand it. And even if they did understand it, they wouldn't apply it because it's counter to their life. If you have a guy who's in organized crime, I mean, his life is about victimizing people. That's the exact opposite of helping people. Mm-hmm. He's, the reason he's in organized crime is that he's not an insightful person. If he were an insightful person, he would look at it and say, you know, this is not a good way. I shouldn't do this. Like most people do. Most people find out about organized crime and say, I don't want to do that. Because right. they have insight. You know? Well, okay, I'll go and I'll get a, a degree and I'll do that. You know? So uh, this only applies to people who want to improve themselves, which I calculate is about half the human race. Because by the time you add up all the downscale people from all the 34 or 35 scales, it's a lot of people. And so they're like that because they lack insight. They don't have enough insight to see the value of this. Okay. But anybody who has shows the kind of interest that you do, I already know this book will help you. For sure. The more you use it, the more you study it, the more you apply it, the more benefit you will get. Because as I said, every time you use it, you become a little more insightful. 
And that improves your ability to use the book. So then you use it again and you get more insight. And so you just keep getting more and more and more insightful. And so that's what people want. People want to be around someone who's insightful. You know, when your wife sits you down and says, you know, you don't listen to me. You know, you better have some insight into what's going on there. See? And if you're insightful, you can handle it in a constructive way. You can rescue the relationship. You can keep the marriage going. See? A guy who's dopey, he's not insightful enough. He just says, I don't know what you're talking about. You know? <laughs> Which most women would probably say that's most men. Right. Which is why 50% of all the uh, marriages in the United States end in divorce. Yeah, and you have to realize that a majority of Americans are not even married now. So, so that 50% is, is completely overlooking all the people who aren't even married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So well, it's, yeah. Not a pre- it's not a pretty picture. But, but this, is, this is something that can be used in any situation. It's, the main thing is studying it. This is a textbook on an entirely new subject. So you have to study. And when I tell anyone who asks me, my students and clients and such, I say, this is a textbook, study it like a textbook. Start on the first line of the first page and go through it like you were studying a chemistry book or a physics book. Make sure you understand every single thing before you go on. If you get to something you don't understand, look up the words, get help from somebody who knows it better, or whatever, you know, clear it up. Just like if you were studying for an algebra test, you know, you're not understanding it, you call up your friend Joe, explain this to me, you know, what is this? You know, and he explains it to you, then, and then you can go on. But if you go through to the end of the book, that way, studying it, not reading it, studying it, and then come back to the beginning, and then find your level on every scale as you go, you will be a new person okay. by the time you finish that second reading. That's how it works. That's how to do it. That's a smart way to do it. Now, I, before I told you, if you have somebody who's having trouble with something, you say, come here and you show them the scale. Because that's somebody who's he's, he's not already into the book. He doesn't know anything about it, right? right? But you can resolve his situation, you know? And he'll go and he'll say to his, his friend, uh, Jack, you know, Jack, uh, I found this book, you know, it helped me resolve the situation. And, uh, you know, uh, so I'm going to get this book and read it, you know. And so because he already knows it works, he will, he will get it. Because you have to realize this is not obscure. This is not difficult to understand if you know the meanings of the words. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I try to make it, you know, I try to get the exact right word. Like there's a scale of aberration. You might not know what the word aberration means. Well, the definition is right there in the glossary. Okay. So you read it. Oh, okay. Now I see what it is. So I had to use that word because that is the word that describes the scale. Mm-hmm. In other words, a part, part of the work for me was getting the exact right word. In other words, you have 
I had all the scales, as I told you, uh, 32 of the scales I had in 1995. But I had to know the axis. What is the axis? In other words, what are we measuring? What is this seven levels of? And that was not obvious. For example, if you look at the scale of equanimity, you might not know what equanimity is. It tells you right there what it is. If you read those levels, it sounds like a scale of maturity. Because when a person lacks equanimity, what we generally say about him is he's immature. Like a little kid. You say, okay, that's enough. You're turning off the cartoons. You have to go to bed. He cries. Why is that? He lacks equanimity. An adult has more equanimity, you see, so the course sort of corresponds to maturity. Mm. But it's not really a scale of maturity. It took me years to figure that out, to, to say what this is. At first, I thought it was a scale of maturity. It's not. It's a scale of equanimity. So uh, the power in this is that I've gotten these scales exactly right. Now, you could legitimately argue with some of the choices I made for names. For example, you might say, well, the scale of basic purposes. Why didn't you call the scale of basic objectives? Well, okay, I guess I could have called it that, you know. In other words, that's a debatable point. Mm -hmm. Because when you're talking about writing, writing is an art, and there's always uh, room for disagreement about how you say something. Right. You know, you get the world's greatest speechwriter, right? Mm -hmm. And he gives it to the president of the United States. The president says, no, I don't like this word. Let's change it. You know, that's, that's how it is with, with writing and reading. So I could see people saying, well, why'd you call it this? Or maybe we should call it that. That's what, but putting that aside, I absolutely know axiomatically that these scales are correct. Because I worked on the book for 25 years. Yeah. Because you have to realize, 35 scales, seven levels on each, that's 245 different levels. So each level had to be verified and had to be clarified and had to be given the exact right name. And I'll give you an example. The scale of sexuality. Level two on the scale of sexuality, it says, if you look in the book, it says, take it or leave it. There are people whose attitude about sex is take it or leave it. They don't care if they have it, and they don't care if they don't have it. Right. Very few people ever get to that level. That's a high level. That's level two. But there are people, you know, there are some people, you know, if the girl says yes, he, that's fine. If he says no, that's fine too. You know, he doesn't care. He could take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I call the level, take it or leave it. Now you can say, well, that's not a very eloquent name for, but... Right. My interest is explaining it in a way that people right. understand it. Everybody knows what take it or leave it means who speaks English. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at that, you say, oh, you mean I could get to a level where I could take it or leave it. That's a very liberating level, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, I, most, most, people, there it is. Most, there. People most people don't get there. So that's what I call it. So that's what I mean. It took a long time to say, okay, I'm going to call it take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody else might say, well, you know, you could have called it this. And maybe he's right. Yeah. But 
but the scales themselves are correct. Just like the formula for a circle, you know, the area for a circle, pi r squared. It's correct. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, you could use different symbols and different words. I'm sure in Chinese, they call it something completely different. Where's I don't think this? they use the word pi in Chinese. Okay? It's a Greek word. So, whatever they call it, they still know algebra and they still use the same formula. So that's what this is like. It's like, it's very much like botany or astronomy or uh, zoology. Mm-hmm. These are descriptive sciences. So, for example, most people don't know that a rose and an apple are in the same botanical family. A rose has more in common with an apple than it does with a tulip. Genetically, a tulip is very different from a rose, mm-hmm. even though they're both flowers. Right. So if you say to me, which of these three things go together? I'm going to say the apple and the rose go together. Most people are going to say the tulip and the rose go together because right. they're both flowers. But right. I happen to know some botany. So genetically, an apple and a rose are very similar. Mm-hmm. They're very close. The actual DNA is very, very similar. There's only mm-hmm. a slight difference. So that's what this book is like. It gives you that type of understanding. So right. I, like a tulip is a completely different organism from a rose. It has no thorns. <clears throat> it has no bush. It just grows from a bulb. Completely different. Mm-hmm. So that's what you get when you when you use these scales. You see that, like, for example, Hamilton and Jefferson had different basic purposes. Right. And that was a big part of the conflict between them. Generally speaking, people who are at different levels don't get along. Like if you take the scale of politics. Yeah. Uh, the, high, the, the highest level is what I call an extremist. That's level one and level seven. Oh, on the uh... Below that is what I call authentic. So you could have, uh, you know, like the, the skinheads who want to kill all the blacks. They're like extremist conservatives. Mm-hmm. Well, then below that you have what you might call an authentic conservative. That's like Ronald Reagan. He's not an extremist. If you actually listen to what he said and how he lived, he's not an extremist. He's an authentic Republican. Then below that, you get into tepid, like a tepid Republican, like uh, John McCain. John McCain was not an authentic Republican. He was a tepid Republican, okay? So, and then below that, you get into centrist. There are very few centrists. Most centrists are people who have no clue. I mean, there are people in Africa and China, they don't know anything about the difference between conservatives and liberals or Republicans and Democrats. They're centrists. If you ask them, you know, do you want Trump or do you want Biden? They don't have an opinion. Those are the people who are centrists. Because uh, as soon as a person learns something, he either goes up or down. He -hmm. starts becoming a liberal or he starts becoming a... I'm not saying it can't change. It can change. Right. But I'm just saying... This is very specific. And you get to sort out 
the wheat from the chaff. So, for example, I advise people in that chapter, stay away from extremists. Extremists are fanatics. The Nazis were extremists. Even if you agree with some of what they said, they were extremists. Don't be around extremists. Terrorists are extremists. You're not Islamic, so we're going to kill you. See, that's an extreme position. Then you have authentic Muslims. They don't want to kill people, right? So, you know, all of these have these different details in them. Each one is unique, and it really gets you to understand that specific area of life. And in many cases, before you read it, you won't even know it was an issue. Like you'll say, the scale of attack? What's that? Mm. Like the uh, okay. law, law of exposure. Like once, once you're exposed, you're like, oh, oh, oh. Right. Well, back if now. The, right. If you get to the scale of attack, it explains so much. Mm. It explains so much. Some people are just not willing to attack. Now, a guy who joins special forces, he is willing to attack. Okay? That's why he did that. Some guy who is not willing to attack, he's not even going to go in the military. He wants to stay in his apartment and paint, you know, or whatever. So it really tells you a lot about people uh, in a deep way. Because if you want, you could do a full septemic analysis of a person. And I actually did three of them and put them in the back of the book. Three people I actually knew. They don't give any names. I don't even give the gender or the age or anything. So these people are totally anonymous. But I went through a person I knew, and I did a complete analysis. On this scale, is at this level. On this scale, is at this level. And then all 35. And you get to see how this makes a real person. Hmm. So this is so really you able to figure that out. Hmm? Will anybody be able to figure who those people are are out? I doubt that. I doubt that very much. Uh, one of them is deceased. Another one I think is deceased. Another one is somebody I haven't seen in many years. So, you know, no, I don't, I don't think anybody could ever figure that out. I was very careful. Okay. I stuck to the material. You know. Like, for example, one of those people was a person who was made a lot of money, was a very successful person. His basic purpose was pleasure. That's level six. That's what I call a criminal. Criminals are motivated by pleasure. The criminal does not particularly want to kill you, but he will if you get in his way. Criminals want drugs, alcohol, sex, yachts mansions they want pleasure no that's why they're criminals question is there any once you're a criminal like level six there's no coming out of that or can that be worked on to get to i wouldn't say there's no coming out of it i would say that something like 95 98 percent of people at that level stay there for their whole lives because they lack insight which is why they're criminals hmm if they were more insightful, they'd be at a higher level. Mm. I just, See? I'm just saying that because I happen to know somebody that was th- on that uh, level, th- did years, and is now, you know, killing it in, uh, in coaching. Right. So you see, 
the fact that the criminal is uh, has subjective of pleasure that tells you a lot. Did you ever notice how many fat guys are in the mafia? <laughs> because pleasure is what's important to them. Bring on the spaghetti, you know. They're not mm -hmm. there counting calories. They don't care about that, you know. So, you know, and uh, most criminals, they're either drunks or drug users or, you know, uh, when you see somebody like that, you know, like you see a guy who's a glutton, he drinks a lot, he chases women, you know, he's after pleasure. Now, there are some people who think that everybody is after pleasure, and that's not true. Only the people at that level are after it. Other people have different objectives, which is why you have, like, for example, the Society of Jesus. I studied with those people for four years. They're brilliant people. They're amazing people. They're all brilliant. My algebra teacher was an engineer. He gave up his life to teach some stupid 13-year-old kid algebra. You know, so these, this is like a group of extraordinary people. I mean, I was around these people for four years and, and it was like, uh, wow, they were like the most uh, elite people I had ever known at that time. So that's like, you know, the other end of the spectrum. Hmm. Those people, you know, most of them, their, their goal was probably transcendence, which is the, which is the, the objective of a saint's transcendence. They don't care about money. They don't care about sex. They want to die and go to heaven. That's transcendence. Mm. Or some some uh, some Hindu yogi, you know, who meditates. You know, he wants to transcend. That's a completely different goal. He's not interested in pleasure. So this really gets you to sort people out. And as I said, these scales go from very high to very low. So it, it's going to explain people to you who before you didn't understand at all. Right. So definitely. So one question I do um, remember that I asked you in the beginning, you said, no, but you'll get into it. It was. If you're, you take, you read through this book and then you keep reading, you start really understanding people. Is this going to be able to help you spot people that are online, like trying to sell you all sorts of stuff? Being able to spot like, yeah, that one's probably not, there's something behind closed doors. Well, look, as I said, it's about insight. Mm -hmm. The more you know the skills, the better you know the skills, the more insightful you are. So, for example, I have a friend of mine, very upscale person, okay? I was able to spot this person uh, on a variety of levels at a very high level, you know? And so I figured out early on, this is somebody I want around me. This is a good person, a smart person, an insightful person, okay? So my relationship with this person has been a pleasure, a pleasure, you know? We get along really well. We have no conflicts. It's not that we're at the same levels. It's that I know who this person is. Mm -hmm. I know this person's basic purpose. You know, I know 
where this person is on the scale of literacy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. I know this person's mm. motivation. So I have insight into this person. You know, so it's just like an entomologist. You know, to me, a bug is a bug. I don't know any entomology. I'm not interested in entomology. It's one of the few subjects I never studied. But some guy who's an entomologist, he can tell you all about ants and flies, you know, and all these other. That's like his area of expertise. He has insight in that area. You know, he can, uh, and I'll tell you a story. Uh, once I was in a session with a client, and all of a sudden I felt something biting my arm. I had a coat on because it was chilly. I jumped up, I ripped off my coat. There was a big scorpion on my arm. Okay? And it was stinging me, right? I was terrified. I knocked it down. Mm -hmm. I immediately called this, this, I forget the name of the, the government agency, the Centers for Disease Control, or I forget. There's some government agency I called. And I told them, you know, they said, they said ah, no, in your area, they're not dangerous. But so, you know, that person right. knew enough. I told them what it looked like and told them what happened, told them exactly where I am, said, you're fine. So, you know, before, to me, it was just a scorpion, you know. Right. So, I don't, some people get killed by scorpions. This was not small. You know, I've seen small. This was, <laughs> this was about three inches. Okay? Mm -hmm. And somehow it got in my coat. So this is the type of insight that you get where you understand what's going on, you understand what's dangerous, you understand what's not dangerous. Mm. So, so you know, you can, you can keep yourself out of bad situations and into good situations. You can meet, let's say you meet some girl and you analyze her, you say, oh, she's at this high level on these very, yeah, this is an upscale person. And you say, well, she doesn't seem to be down at the bottom of any of these. Okay, go for it. You see? As opposed to you might meet somebody who, and you have to realize, people tell you their levels. It's not some big secret. They tell you. Like that, that expression, um, people always tell you who you really are. You just got to believe them. You just got to listen. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, you know, I, I know the basic purpose of every president of the United States, going back as far as Franklin Delano Roosevelt and many of the presidents earlier who I studied, such as Lincoln and Washington and Jefferson. Okay? Not hard. You just look at the guy, you listen to what he says, he tells you his basic purpose. It comes right out. Mm. I'm, now, in the case of deceased people, I, I wouldn't mind telling you. You know, like I already told you about Hamilton and Jefferson. Mm -hmm. So, so Washington was a winner, okay. And if you studied the man, which I have, that's what he was about. He was about winning, 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 winning. He kept winning. He kept winning it. You know, he wasn't really, he didn't really, he wasn't really a leader. He was a winner, as far as his basic purpose. Mm -hmm. See, mm -hmm. he was a very upscale person in general, but. Uh, Never tell anybody your level. If you want to tell your wife or your son or something, you know, like my son, he has this book. He knows my basic purpose, and I know his, because we're very, very close. But I've never told my basic purpose to anyone other than my son.
and he's and, an adult. And why is that? Because you said it because was ethical. It's because for well, well, let me put it this way: for me to use this information with other people would be like for me to have a fist fight with a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I was an amateur boxer. I could never get in the ring with Marciano, okay, or Sugar Ray Robinson. I'd be asleep in 10 seconds, okay, because they're, and they know that. They would never, if I said to them, come on, let's go, they say, no, I'm not touching you. You're too small, you know. Uh, So it's sort of like that. It's like uh, I have the information in my mind because it's obvious to me. It's like I walk down the street, I see a tulip. Oh, this guy grows tulips. That's nice. That's like an automatic, you see? I'm not telling anybody, hey, Joe grows tulips, you know? But I know what it is. So if I really wanted a tulip, I might go to Joe and say, hey, Joe, how about selling me one of those tulips? I can, I'll give you five bucks and I want to give it to my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, he might say, okay. So you see, that's using the information. So this is very practical. You have to understand that I am an engineer, and engineers are practical people. You know, engineers and scientists are very different. A lot of people don't know that. It's a different personality type. I had a good friend I went all the way through prep school with. Mm. I went to engineering school. He became a physicist. Personally, we were very, very different. We were not like one another at all. We were in the same class, we studied the same things, we got the same grades. So, you know, we were kind of, that's how it is in school. You know, the guy sits next to you for four years. He's your buddy. But but he did the right thing in becoming a physicist. He could never be an engineer. It's a different type of person. Mm. And when I was in engineering school, there were 2,000 engineering students in there. And it was amazing how similar we all were. Practical people, you know. So that's who I am. I'm an engineer. And that's why I released this information to help people. So this is my legacy. And I hope you and your listeners will benefit from it because that's my reward. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, this is just, like I said, before we even started doing this, when um, I was listening to a podcast of yours and somebody else, and I was like, wow, like just blown away. I was like, the, no doubt this is going to help people, you know, just from the basis yes. of understanding yourself and other people. Right. And right. I like the simplicity of you said there's, you see the next step and you get, you got to take it one, that one step because you can't just go from this step to the next. That's right. And I feel like that's what happens a lot with people in the self development culture is they try to be something up here um, overnight and then they that's burn right. out and then they just like, they said it don't work for me instead of just and you see the truth might be on some of these scales that person might be way up there right and on other scales he's not mm-hmm. that's the norm so you find an area of difficulty in your life and you use this to assess it and to improve yourself in that area now, I talked about, you know, a rich, smart guy who can't get along with girls. Mm-hmm. If you could get this guy 
to where he gets married to somebody he loves, that like changes his whole life. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need making money. He knows how to do that. You see? So this gets you to fix what's wrong with you. Mm. Mm. And whatever level you're at is where you pick it up. You know, if he's at level five, okay, that's where he's at. That's why I say, you don't have to tell anybody. A guy might do something and realize he's at a very low level. He might not want to admit that. I'm not saying he should admit it. Hmm. Now, if you want somebody to help you with it, which is a laudable thing, you might have to tell them. Mm -hmm. But if you're asking somebody to help you, it's probably somebody you trust anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. So what's the next step for you? um... For me? Yeah. Well, uh, I've been promoting the the book for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. I've done over 160 interviews. Uh, It's time consuming, you know, finding the person, connecting with the person, setting up the time. Then you have technical difficulties. You know, it's it's not a simple, easy, quick thing. So that's what I've been. But I have other parts of my life, too. I own a house. I have a son, you know. I have a social life. I have students. You know, I have things going on. I manage uh, my portfolio. You know, all these things take time. So I'm a very busy person. Very, very, very busy. For sure. Okay. So just to wrap up, where can people find you at? Like if they want to, you know, not just, they want to get the book, but they also want to, you know, say, hey, I loved Jim. I want right. to love Jim. Right. Okay. Where can so- they find you? I invite your clients or your listeners to go to septemics.com, S-E-P-T-E-M-I-C-S, mm-hmm. where you can find what many readers have said about it, what many journalists have written about it, many reviews of the book. You can read sections of the book. And there's a 15-minute recorded lecture, Introduction to Septemics by me, which you can listen to. Also, you can contact me because my email address is on the on the website. So I get emails from some from people once in a while saying, you know, on page 97, paragraph three, I didn't know what you mean. And I tell them. Nice. So, uh, you know, I, I have had a lifetime in education. I started school when I was three and I've been involved in education one way or another the whole time. So, you know, I'm continually educating myself and educating others. And, you know, for me, it's like, it's as natural as breathing. It's like in our, in our exchange here, I'm basically educating you about this self-help system and you're going to go off and, you know, help yourself. And that's great. That's, that's what I want. Fantastic. Well, Jim, I thank you so much for coming on today. This has just been, been one of the most fascinating subjects I've ever ever talk to somebody about like on a level that's just light years away thank you very thank much you. you're welcome